Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's our second show today on August 22nd, 2023. And thank you so much for being with us to listen to my good friend Ryan Graham from TextHelp, TextHelp.com. And we're going to be talking about a webinar, a, 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 a uh, internet meeting that they're going to have. Uh, uh, basically, the past, present, and future of education and tech, etc. A glimpse into the basically the EDU time machine explores, you know, kind of how we got to where we are and where we are going. And you know, with AI and all that, it's really important. So Brian's going to give us all the details of that today. Again, if you want to learn more, it's over at TextHelp.com. Um, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's what we always do. And that, of course, ace-ed.org is the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. And uh, we hope you go over there, uh, get involved with our Excellence in Equity Awards. You'll see the tab. You can see our magazine. There's a tab over there for that as well. It's called Equity and Access. It's an online journal. We're pretty proud of it. So I hope you like it. We're the only ones that really focus on equity and access uh, all the time. We do think it is important to give every kid the education that they deserve. So please check it all out. And also all our podcasts, as I mentioned, are over there. You can pick and choose and listen as you wish. And if you want to get in touch with me, just give me an email at larry at ace-ed.org. And so without further ado, taking us on his time machine, like our, our own little mini version of H.G. Wells. We have the one and only Ryan Graham, a fellow United Kingdom person, I might add, like Mr. Wells was. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Larry. How are you? Now, have you ever been compared prior to this to H.G. Wells? The time I, I haven't. I haven't. This, this, it's a new one for me today, but I, I absolutely love the, the comparison. I, I like as well the last time I was on the show, we were talking about aliens. Um, yeah. and, and this time, H.G. Wells, so this is, this is all go. out of my street. <laughs> I'm trying to build you up. That's, that's, that's my goal here, Ryan. It's good to have you here, buddy. And you're, you're, you're in Ireland. Are you in Ireland today? I've got a feeling you're in Ireland today. I am. I'm, I'm back yeah. in Ireland today, back in standard Irish weather of uh, lots of rain, <laughs> grey sky, skies, even oh. during the summer months, I know. Oh, that's too bad because around here, okay, it's bright and sunny, and I think it's about 75 degrees Fahrenheit, I might add. Right, so it's good here in Maine. Sorry, you're gray. And Excellent. We, yeah, what can I tell well, you? We, you so, know, the Irish, we're, yes. we're used to it. At this stage, that's okay, we're used to it. <laughs> what, happened, what happened to the beautiful green sod of Ireland there? Okay, well, it comes from the rain. There we go. Okay, hey. What date is this? I'm calling it a webinar. What, what are we calling it? A back-to-school conference? I see that phrase here. What do you want to call this? Yeah, it's a, a back-to-school conference. We're, we're recording webinar sessions really about different, different topics in, in education. Um, and we're really looking at, you know, what has happened in the education sector over the past number of years, what's happening now in the landscape. Uh, and my session was really all about, you know, what does the future look like uh, of education and in particular what does the the future of education look like in a world where ai exists yeah and it's going to be a fascinating transition and again we over the past 20 years ed tech has let me say that differently education has changed so much due to technology okay 
and 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 so important this day and age. I got to say because we know we have a teacher shortage, we have a a professionalist shortage in the in education and all aspects of what we need in schools. And the kids are so technologically oriented. It's going to be some big changes this year. And when does when does this all start to become available to people? So this is available right now. You can uh, watch the recordings on uh, texthelp.com website. So if you search for the guide to the future, my session is the future of AI in, in education and um, lessons from the, the time machine. So if you search for that on the texthelp.com website, you should be able to find all my session and also some of the other sessions that are on there too. Okay, super. So just again, everybody, which is a company I love, at texthelp. Dot com. Okay. Now, Roy, do you want to start off? And I have various kind of gates here, past pet categories, excuse me, past, present, future. Do you want to talk about past and present, or you just want to do your side of the future thing? Where do you want to start? Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk, let's talk about the past, because it sort of builds up a picture as to how we sort of have arrived sure. here in the, in the present. And that kind of obviously affects um, the shape of education going forward in the future. So, if we look at, at the past and kind of how the educational sector and educational technology has kind of evolved over the past decade, um, I, I think one of the important things to remember in this is that everybody now in education has devices. The devices are everywhere, whether it's a phone, sort of low-cost hardware like Chromebooks in the classrooms, mm-hmm. Teachers have Chromebooks, smart boards. You, you, you know, you can't get away from education yeah, technology. Devices are, are everywhere. Well, um, technology, you know, I just the, have to say, and I, I just have to interrupt. Technology, you don't have to say educational technology, anybody, not you, everybody. I mean, technology is a deeply embedded 99% thing, all right, in education. It's just part and parcel, you know, and, and I, I always like to make sure people understand that. I think they do, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really, really good point. And I and I think really that's what's helped shape the past decade in education is this sort of transition transition from you know pencil, paper, um, that kind of uh, way of working to you know sharing out documents on um, on your learning management system, sharing out documents you know on your phone to your classroom, on your smart board. I think that's really right. had a massive impact on, on education over the past couple of years. And, and I'm, whenever I say prevalence of devices, I, I should say that there are a lot more devices than there were previously, but that's not to say that everybody has a device because you and I know, Larry, that, that's not the way things work in education. There are those kids who don't have access devices. There are yep. schools who are obviously budget-stretched as well and you know, struggling to meet the needs of devices for, for kids. Um, but I, I think that there is a lot more technology in education now than there ever was before, and that's obviously had a, a huge impact in education. And not to mention, and I, I, I'm sure at some point in the future we'll, we will stop bringing it up, but the impact that COVID has had and mm-hmm. on that, I think, has, has accelerated the use of those devices and has accelerated the, the use of remote learning and um, teachers and educators as well becoming more comfortable with using tools, using software in the classroom. Obviously, that's been a huge change for educators over the past couple of years, having to get you know, to grips with these new systems, new tools, new ways of, of working in the classroom. I think that's really sort of shaped 
you know, what, what has brought us to the, this point today in education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree. The world has changed out there. So, we're, so right now you see it device-oriented. Okay, where do you see it, if, if I may, Ryan, you ready? where do we go in the future from here? What's going on? What happens? So what happens next? Yeah, that, and, by, and by the way, I just question. want to say TextHelp is a company that has put together devices that help people who need, I'm going to call it extra help in writing, reading, and mathematics. Okay? And, of course, if we can improve reading and, and, and improve mathematics, if reading improves literacy, mathematics takes us beyond third grade and eighth grade, if I may. Okay? And um, the work you guys do, okay, is incredibly important. And the fact is that, you know, literacy is the big problem. It always is. Reading scores, as you know, with NAEP were way, way down. Okay? Here you have products that help people with that. Mathematics scores are always pretty gruesome, all right? And so many kids get stuck, okay, with this. And you guys, said, I just want to say this, have the technological products that help people overcome these challenges. And that's why we're talking today, because you have to understand. I sounded like a Philadelphian a minute ago, which I am talking, okay? But that's exactly, okay, why we're here today. You've got the products to to create something different in the future. And now AI is coming down the pike. That's where we are. What's going on, right? If I may just preface what you were going to say with all that, which yeah, I already did. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Larry. I mean, yes, yeah, so we, we build a system technology and products for both literacy and, and math, math as well to um, sort of help help kids who need that extra support. I mean, you yeah. need extra support, but I think, I think some of the best implementations most kids, that we've Let me seen, just say, most kids need that extra support. Okay. Just they need it square. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think some of the, the best, best implementations we've seen of assistive technology is when assistive technology is not seen as that special tool. It's seen as that thing exactly. you get to your entire class, Thank you. your entire, your entire Thank school, you. your entire district. Um, and then, obviously, making sure that you give the, the the students and the educators, the tools, the supports, the training to be able to make the most of it as well, because just ruling it out and hoping for the best um, is, is never the way to do things either. But making sure that you have that support for everybody in the classroom who needs that has, has been, you know, uh, the, the forefront of how we do things here at TechStop. And we think that is a, the best way that, you know, learners can learn whenever they're independent and they have access to all the tools that they need. So yep. that's where we like to place our tools. And up until today, you know, that's been very successful. We, you know, people love our software. They love yeah. um, the, the way that sort of makes them feel independent. But yep. I think that the where, where TechTop can help whenever it comes to AI and on the future of, of education is that AI is a, you know, is a super complicated thing to understand. Like even ChatGPT, loads of people have tried it. It's very, very sort of difficult to get your head around. It's even more difficult to get your head around if you're, for example, an educator and you're doing 500 things during your class day and somebody comes along to you and says, hey, how can we use this chat CPT thing in your class? You have to go and find out about it. What does it do? How do I understand it? How do I use this in my class? But I think that's where tech stops can come in because, like you said, we, we've been doing this for 20 years and we know how this can help in your educational settings. So it's our intention to take the AI tools and embed them within our existing software. 
So if our existing software is already in, in schools, in classrooms, your students know how to use it, let's bring those opportunities that AI brings into the software that they're already using to really help make their, you know, help make their schoolwork, help make their learning journey even better um, with those AI opportunities. And, and like I said, well, you know, when you say that, wait a minute, when you, when you say that, I have to say this, you are the chief technology officer over TextHelp. You, when, when we say something with technology, you get it instantaneously. A, a lot of people are like, if I me, okay, when you say you're going to embed AI software into your products, and I, everybody's thinking about this for their particular products, every company is, okay, what does that actually mean? How do you... How do you foresee AI working? Take one of your products, okay? How do you how do you foresee AI software working in there? Like, how do how would a kid use it? How would a teacher use it? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. So some of the ways that we have sort of been looking at and and some of the things that we're planning to do are really around personalizing the learning experience for each individual kid and each individual mm-hmm. student. Right. Um, Saving, saving teachers time as well. That's a big one for me. I always talk about it, <laughs> and, and right. I think AI has a, a huge way of, you know, it's got a, a massive opportunity for helping sort of save teachers' time. And one of the examples, actually, um, that we're doing at the moment is we're actually using Equatio and our math tool, Equatio. We are going mm-hmm. to um, allow teachers to create a quiz for a specific topic and a specific grade at the click of a button. So they don't need to sit and build a math quiz anymore. They don't need to figure out how to write math notation. The teacher can just go in and say, okay, today I need a quiz on differential equations for grade X, go. And it'll automatically create the quiz for you and you can share that out with your students. So that's just one of the ways that we have seen has been, you know, a massive opportunity for AI within our own products. And that's just really one example of something that we think could be beneficial. There are, you know, tens, I've got lots of ideas in my head. We've got loads of ideas in the roadmap for expanding that to all of our other products like Read Write and Orbit Note and all those different tools. But that's just one example of the, the way that we're taking, taking the AI, AI opportunities but embedding it into the tools that teachers and students are using uh, on an everyday basis. And, and Brian, how do you see it? Uh, I don't know if I thought this through, but curious, that's the way a teacher might use it. How do you see a kid using AI in, in well, in whatever product you want to mention? And the other one was Equatio. Yeah. You know, just how do you see a student using it inside the so tool? We've all, yeah, that's a good good question. So we also have um, Read and Write, obviously, which is our literacy tool, right. and that's probably more used by students than it would be for educators. Um, and within our literacy tool, we're actually building out a feature which will allow you to um, summarize, summarize and simplify an article on a web page. So, for example, say you're a teacher and you got uh, you want to learn about you know lions or something in the Sahara, and you send all your kids to uh, an article on a, on a website, but it's maybe too complicated for some of the kids to read. Some of the kids can maybe read it okay. Some of the kids are struggling to understand the content. And um, this button will allow you to simplify the the entire page for each individual student 
to their level really? so that you can give the same content to your entire class and regardless of their level or their reading abilities, they will be able to understand that content and understand the concepts within it the same way as somebody sitting next to them in their class. And we so think that you, could be a so, really yeah, so let me get this straight. You could, actually, you could actually tell Read and Write or, or any product, you could say cr- create, I don't know how you would do it on individual screens. I'm sure there's a way to do that. But you could make this article, make the Declaration of Independence. I'm just saying that. No, no offense to the British, who, by the way, we were trying to get give away there. But uh, a bad example. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, um, take the Declaration of Independence and put it at a fourth grade reading level. Could you actually be exactly. able to do that? We we are going to do that. <laughs> I, uh, you should see that feature actually arrive um, inside Read and Write within the next number of weeks. Potentially the next month or so. And, and a teacher, let me get, a teacher, you have 10, 15, 20 kids in the class. Okay, the teacher could say, if for Billy and Susie, we want it at an eighth grade level, but for Jimmy and Marianne, we want it at a uh, sixth grade level. And it could actually do that. Exactly, exactly. We, we've strayed away from using grade levels as a, as a, as a measure, well, um, but we can, we can simplify. Uh, or even make the content more complicated for those who want to really, you know, push themselves exactly. to understand larger words, larger contexts, and, and so on and so forth. But either way, each individual student can have the same content and the same information um, presented to them in different ways. And that's just, that's just one example of all the different things you can do with um, AI and generative AI, really personalizing that learning experience without adding more pressure to the educator, without adding more tasks onto the teacher's desk. Yeah, I was just going to say, so the machine, if I may, can actually figure that with the AI software embedded in it, the machine can actually figure out what level this particular child who's looking at this machine right now is, is working at and create the, create the resource that's at their level so they understand it. That's an AI function, right? Exactly, exactly. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, I think like, so. I think so. We're, we're pretty excited about it. Um, and this is, this is really wow. just our sort of first, first stepping our toe into the water of all well, the features that we're going, going to be bringing out so, for the next couple of months. Okay, so let's just say somebody, you know, has text help products already. Will they be able to add this into it, or, or would it require a whole new machine? Or, oh, no, this, this, this will is be, like a science will be fiction part here. Of our, yeah. <laughs> this will be part of our, our read and write offering. It will be part of our, our premium uh, equation and premium read, write, read and write offerings for all of our existing users as well. I should say as well, we've, we've been prepping these features for um, quite a long time. I, I, a, lot of our, a lot of other products a lot of our software has sort of shipped a lot of AI features already. We really want to take our time over this here at Textile because yeah. whenever, you're, whenever you're using AI in an educational setting, that's different than using AI for your general consumer. We really wanted to make sure that we were taking privacy, security of students into account right from the off. So we wanted to make sure that we put as many safeguards in there as possible into the products before we rolled these features out. We're also very That's pretty cool. Well, that, that a lot of a lot of schools and districts are not really comfortable with ChatGPT <laughs> and AI right now. And I, I got news for you; they're going to get comfortable real quick. 
Okay, this is <laughs> yeah, the future. Yeah. It's coming down the. It's coming down the pike. You know, it, it's 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 just amazing. And you know, it, it it brings up an interesting thing. You wanted me to ask this, and do you, I don't see a champ a problem with this. I see good with this, but there must be like the uh, you know, it's like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Uh, there's ethical concerns. There's social concerns. What do you see? What do you see there in the terms of the ethics of using yeah, it? And a, for the things you're describing, I don't see much of a problem. But maybe there is one that I'm not finding. So what, what do you see, Rock? So this this is actually really important. I think this is critical whenever it comes to education, thinking about the ethics of AI. And the, the reason we've cho- chosen these two specific features is because we, we agree with you, Larry. We don't think that there's a massive implication or a massive risk here whenever it comes to ethics. But we have to remember with these AI models and with these new versions of, of AI, and the data sets that they are using, so these systems themselves, are not diverse. They haven't been trained on diverse information. So they do, they do have a tendency to lean towards bias. Um, and in that way, we really need to be very conscious about how we use these systems. You know, um, if, if we, want, we want to make sure that we use these systems responsibly. So making sure that whenever we are releasing these features, they don't have a detrimental effect to the student or to an educator as well. I think that is something that is very, very important, particularly whenever we're dealing with kids' education. We want to make sure that any features that we provide with these AI are really thought that this could have a material impact on the student. Therefore, is the AI the appropriate tool to use, given mm-hmm. that we know some of these models are prone to bias? So every feature that we, we look at as a potential for, for AI, that's the question that we need to ask. For. And you know what? Everybody needs to ask themselves. Even if there's a, a, an educator out there who's using ChatGPT, they need to be using ChatGPT with the mindset that, hey, this model is biased, so I can't trust the output that it gives me 100%. I, as an educator, need to review that to make sure that it is appropriate and representative of the results that I want to get out of it. Well, when, when, and I know you did this, okay, you guys... You don't put a product out there without researching it in schools, all right? And as you were putting this all together, what, what were you hearing? Were the Was it the social and ethical concerns that were concerning people in schools as you put this together, or were there other things that came up? What should we look out for? Why would you not want to use this, whatever the, the question would be? How'd that work? What did they say? So I, I think – I think the social and ethical side of things was definitely a question, um, absolutely. Um, but one of the other things that if you search for ChatGPT in education in Google right now, the headlines you're going to get is cheating, cheating, yeah. cheating, and yeah. more cheating. And um, well, I think that really schools yeah. concerns. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's they, where really a lot of the, the schools and districts' concerns have, have come from in using ChatGPT to cheat. So the, the way that we've designed these features is that sort of it takes the it takes the ability away from the student to even use these features for cheating, even if they wanted to. So that's been a that's been a big part oh. of our planning around how we use yeah. these AI features, and that will be going forward as well. Um, although, again, 
just to reiterate, I don't think there's really anything stopping from a student going to chat yeah. any anyway. So that is something it, I think it, the it, education it, sector in, in the reality, here is just going to have to get rid of. Yeah, and in reality, it doesn't matter because we're supposedly preparing people for professions, for the workplace, for careers, whatever you want to do. And nobody in the world doesn't, want, doesn't use a calculator, except perhaps maybe a Chinese person who likes to use his abacus. But an abacus is simply uh, their own calculator, okay? It's not cheating to use a tool, all right? It, it, you know, we use a hammer, not a rock, to drive a nail because we have the tool. All right. And so society uses the tool. The best thing a school can do is teach kids how to use the AI, is to use it themselves, because that's what's going to be out there when these kids are, are in the real world. All right. We don't Agreed. we don't. Yeah. yeah if we don't <laughs> teach them how to use the tools. It's ridiculous. It's not cheating. It's not cheating at all. And people have to come to that grip. People. Are, it doesn't matter to schools if the kids, quote, are learning as deeply as they should about this instead of using AI, AI, the fact of the matter is AI is there. They're going to use it anyway, just like they use Google for search. Okay? They don't exactly. go to the library anymore. Yeah, it's just a fact of life. And you have to and, deal and with this. And more importantly, yeah, they, they, yeah. they need to be taught how to use it responsibly yeah. as well. You need to be the, the first person to teach them how to use it responsibly and how to use it for all the things that it's good at rather yep. than to use it for the things that you shouldn't be using it for. I could, well, Ryan, I couldn't, I could not agree more. I mean, it's just, this is so timely and so important. As I said earlier, you guys make products that help kids overcome challenges, reading, writing, math. All right. And this is, this is where it's gone. So the sooner we get it embedded into education, the better off we are. Now, we may make a few mistakes at the beginning, but who cares? That They solve themselves. Okay, it's that simple. So this is all up on the website right now at texthelp.com, right? Yep, that's right. And you can watch, uh, you can watch that session and lots of other sessions as well. There's some fantastic sessions, lots of better sure. speakers than, than I should say. Like. Oh, come on. Come on. Give yourself all the credit in the world. You're a very good speaker, I'm sure. I know. Because you're here with me all the time. Ryan, thanks a million, pal. Okay, we'll do more together, as we always do. But this is just fascinating. And I hope a lot of people go and check this out and uh, start to really understand the impact of this and, and the role of education in the impact. Just key stuff. All right, what can I tell you? Ryan Graham, you're the best. Okay, enjoy the rest of a much shorter day than we have. What time is it there? It's already like, what, 4 o'clock? Is it 4 o'clock? 4 p.m. Yeah, today, yeah. Yeah. Only an hour left and you can go home and have the typical Irish meal of porridge, porridge and baked bread. Am I correct? Absolutely That's a joke. Right. I would hope you'd have yeah. a Guinness. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a baked potato, of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. Ryan, thanks a million, Pat. You have a good day. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having uh, me. You're welcome, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Doesn't he? Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan does not really just eat porridge and baked water for a dinner. Okay. <laughs> All right. I swear he doesn't. All right. We're going to archive the show over at a-head.org. All right. It's not a typical Irish dinner. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to archive the show at a-head.org and have, uh, hope you go over there and listen. 
okay, and tell your friends about all we do about equity access. And what TextHelp does, by the way, is really great. They really help people overcome challenges. And Ryan said it best. These things are not just for kids who we – this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Okay, that's all there is to it. So um, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs. You guys have a good day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Take care.